Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Stars and Startups with me, Varun Bhumiji. If you're a first-time listener, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. All links can be found in show notes. Just a quick message about Bean Deck. Bean Deck is our sponsor for the show. Bean Deck is a coffee marketplace where you can discover the best Indian coffees in a single place. Do check out beendeck.com to find your favorite coffee and also sign up for the exclusive Bean Deck Rewards program. Okay. About the show, we have Sudarshan Loda, the co-founder of Strata, on the podcast to discuss his startup, Strata. Strata is a new, innovative approach to investing in real estate, one that is data-driven and allows the investor to own a fraction of a highly desirable asset, making the most accessible real estate investment you could make. Super interesting chat. Let's say hi to Sudarshan. It's so cool to have you. I think we met uh, in Chennai back in 2014, uh, where you were just like, you know, working with startups. And I remember we were bouncing some ideas off because you were already thinking about doing something at that point. Uh, <laughs> uh, a lot has changed. Uh, congratulations on starting up uh, startup. Um, Chennai is a terrible real estate market. Uh, and and is, that, is that why, uh, you know, you had this urge to want to solve for real estate? Uh, how did uh, this whole thought come about? Um, what is the genesis of startup? Chennai is honestly one of the best real estate markets, uh, frankly speaking. Uh, you know, properties in Chennai are very, very expensive, uh, which means obviously the demand is chasing the supply and hence that's why the prices of the properties are very high. Again, it's also because of the coastline, like how Mumbai is. You cannot grow your city uh, 360 degrees, but only 180 degrees, uh, as a matter of fact. So that's there. But... A good market, uh, Chennai at least, uh, especially from an industrial and a warehousing point of view, because of the port, the kind of industrial activity which is there. I mean, we are the Detroit of of India with all the automotive companies, etc. being there. So it's a great market, but uh, frankly speaking, the the bigger opportunity which we saw uh, more than anything else is uh, when properties are expensive, it is unaffordable. Yeah. Right? Uh, but that doesn't mean that the properties don't have value and they will not continuously keep growing. Because again, like I said, especially from a Chennai market where your C is eaten up half of the growth plan for you and you have the other, only the other side to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means the demand for people closer to the uh, the C is going to be very, very high as you move forward, no matter what, right? So, and from that point of view, we knew opportunities there, but they are unaffordable. Can we solve that issue is what, you know, our core idea was when we started startup. When I meet a lot of young people, uh, say, let's call them in, in the early to middle income uh, segment. Uh, they all have, you know, because their parents have had the uh, dream of owning property, home, uh, living in their own home, and things like that. Because a lot of them never moved from where they lived, right? Uh, so if I am from Chennai, I don't leave Chennai. It has never been, uh, has never been a thought, uh, you know. And but of course, with employment, education, uh, there's some amount of migration uh, because of jobs and they find new homes, so to speak. Uh, but real estate is extremely unaffordable, uh, like you just mentioned. So for somebody to save or put aside a crore, crore and a half uh, to buy a home, home loan companies are laughing their way to the bank and they are the bank. Uh, and you know they make extremely high uh, you know their, their leverage is, is massive right their margins are massive um 
has this impacted home prices at all or those folks who had money uh, are willing to take the loans have the ability to take the credit over driving up these prices uh, well honestly speaking like i said right uh, land is a although an abundant resource is also a scarce resource right where people are like no no i want a house in this location only right so that dem- that drives demand mm. more than that, that the entire socio economic around that locality is very important accessibility to schools uh to your schools and colleges your hospitals etc at the same time to workplaces also very close by uh people love to stay in pinagar in chennai reason being it's it's prime location wherever you want to go right you want to go to omr you want to go uh to the central part of chennai etc it's all 7 8 kilometers itself right? so it's become like a heart of the city it's a center of the city dongambakkam pinagar area so everyone wants to stay there and hence that drives demand uh for the thing because like i said although real estate is abundant go outside you still have so much real estate but the location uh is where the demand supply gap comes because everybody wants to stay in that locality right or even if someone stays outside their dream is to own a property in nangambakkam or in pinagar yeah. right from a chennai point of view so hence that drives demand uh more than anything else it's mm-hmm. the clear demand supply gap at any given point of time but again uh from a residential point of view See, residential is is close to India, uh, is is close to everyone, and it's uh, in fact looked upon as a as a sign of uh, prosperity, right? Now I own my own house, right? That that Roti Kapda Makan story in India will always continue, no matter what and anything across the world also. Uh, that will always go on, right? So owning a house is is aspirational to people, and uh, it is something which everyone wants to do it. And today, with the kind of lending rates which are available it ideally makes sense for you to just take a loan and service the loan in the form of rents rather than just paying rents uh, to some other landlord yeah. right so so hence that is another blessing which has happened uh, you know from a home loan point of view and again during pandemic etc government has been very very proactive to ensure the lending rates is even more lucrative for people to take with all the other benefits etc the guys who we go after or the guys who are looking at investing in strata for that matter are people who yeah. own their houses right who own their houses who have more surplus funds they obviously want to park money back into real estate uh, arguably is the largest real estate is the largest asset class of india i mean mm-hmm. for all practical purposes real estate might be 70% on an average of one's portfolio mm-hmm. uh, for that matter right like you have you have invested in stock mutual funds government securities gold etc real estate would still be 50 60% of your net worth maybe parked into your own house or multiple properties you might own so but what are people doing at this point of time even if they have a surplus of a crore let's assume right they can buy another residential apartment or they can buy plots of land right today residential is giving you like 1 to 2% rental returns mm-hmm. maybe if you have a great deal maybe 3% at the max but the worst come worst office market property would give you about 7 to 8% return right so so clearly this is a big uh three times four times more what you can generate for yourself if you invest in commercial now again the point people are not investing in commercial is because of unaffordability right the yeah. kind of prices you're talking about is so high that it becomes inaccessible for a lot of people aspirational again first it's it's the the theory right that first i want this then i want this then i want this right so yeah. people want yes i want a house i bought a house i want a car i bought a luxury car for myself now i want to own Uh, a commercial uh, property which would give me a good rental income regularly 
uh, which would take care of my household expenses or whatever it is for that matter, right? And there is a clear appreciation in property also, which is happening proactively from an investment point of view. So, so hence this is there. But again, like I said, for a crore today in any markets, whether it's Bangalore, Mumbai, Chennai, you can't get anything, right? You might get a shop uh, with a grade B or a grade C tenant uh, or some restaurant, uh, right. you know, the restaurant industry with mortality rates being the highest in in uh, close to about 70 to 80 percent every year. So there's no surety of regular income again. Uh, and hence, from that point of view, we felt that if we can solve mm -hmm. the whole grade A opportunity and give investors the most premium tech parks, premium uh, warehouses, retail outlets, etc., which are upwards of 10, 5, 10, 20 crores, make it affordable, make it accessible to, to these people who are today parking money into low rental yielding product. And only the ultra HNIs are the ones who are making such opportunities, is what we are. So we are the face of retail investors. Bidding against an ultra HNI or bidding against an institutional investor for the same kind of an asset which we would want to own. So that is what you know as startup we're doing, so that they can start making more money out of their money, and uh, you know make better investment decisions from a real estate point. You're saying that then the allocation for real estate is separate, right? Versus an equity, etc. So it's basically if you had a portfolio, you just allocate some aspect of it to real estate, and that's where. Uh, you know, startup plays a role. It were diversify, right? Um, as an asset class, how does it perform uh, compared to some of the other uh, investment assets? So, so one thing about commercial real estate and uh, or real estate itself in general, what people have is capital protection. They're like, hey, I know this is a piece of uh, earth which is never gonna die, or the value is never gonna go because people are still gonna. India is going to produce more and more. More and more people would want to come back to cities. Mm -hmm. uh, urbanization will continuously keep happening for that matter. And the demand would always keep going up uh, as a matter of fact. So, so people are aware of that. And, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a precedent of 50 years where they've known that real estate has not crashed. Real right. estate has always been either stable or has gone up, right? It's not corrected. Even if there's correction, probably 5-10%, but it recorrects again and goes back to where it was with the demand supply gap again, right? So, so hence, people's perception about real estate is capital protection. When they go to equities, even gold, etc., there's a good chance that you might even lose your capital. So, hence, uh, allocation of one's portfolio always is 50% towards capital protection. Yes, the other things I wouldn't mind taking a little gamble with, if that's the right word to use. Uh, you know, to play around to see if I can get better returns or probably fixed deposits also, which is capital protected. But again, six, seven percent, your money is not making money for you. You're just getting your inflation returns. But mm. good money managers make way more than what the inflation can give you, right? So what real estate can give you is with rental returns, a little more than the inflation rate plus the appreciation. So you're actually making money and your money is making money for you, right? So that is what smart money managers can do as a matter of fact. But to give you a precedent of how CRE or commercial real estate has performed in the last seven, eight years, it has been the top three, four assets uh, which has uh, outperformed uh, in the market uh, with upwards of uh, 10 to 15 percent returns year on year, rent plus capital appreciation put together. Wow. But is, does this change uh, geographically, geography to geography? It's it's very difficult, right? So, see, every geography has several markets and every market works very, very differently, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, if I have to look at, say, Chennai market, a Nungumakam market versus an OMR versus 
the new GST road market, etc. They all work very differently, right? So new upcoming markets, obviously the kind of returns you can make is much more because your risk is also a lot more. But evolved markets like Nungumbakum, etc. are markets where, uh, you know, it's safe investments. Uh, you want to sell it. There are enough and more people who are always ready to buy, but which means your capital appreciation is not going to be that much. So market to market, property to property, a lot of things differ. And likewise, in a, if in a city itself, market to market things differ. So obviously, different cities work very differently with different laws and everything around it. Right? Like Mumbai real estate is the most complex real estate market the world has ever seen. Uh, with the kind of laws and everything around it, it's just out of the reach because it's such a large market uh, in itself that uh, it's just super weird uh, after a point for you to understand everything. So hence, every market is different. Every asset class is different. Like the way retailer functions is very different to what a residential functions to an office market to a warehousing market, etc. Et you know what's interesting is uh, you know when you when you talk about owning uh, real estate and you're talking about CRE specifically, commercial real estate, um, and making it affordable or accessible to I guess not affordable is not the right term. Making it accessible to uh, retail investors. Uh, and not just HI, right? Um, globally, there's been this trend in the last decade where people have been doing fractional ownership, be it uh, of shares. You know, if I have a 20,000 rupee share, I can own 100 rupees of it, right? Or if there is a Pablo Picasso painting, I can own one fraction of that painting. You know, as a group, I can own it, right? So this has been a trend that uh, has happened over the last uh, uh, decade where laws are being created so that people can own you know pieces of this asset but the interesting part about these assets uh, and and you know something that i didn't understand necessarily is what happens when one person wants to sell it right uh, if there's no dynamic uh, you know demand and supply mm -hmm. for that particular asset uh, right what what happens in that case because there's always going to be if you look at any other instrument, there's going to be breakage, but breakage is typically just an advantage for the company that owns that piece. But in some of these markets, I don't think people are able to put away that kind of cash. Um, so I'd love to understand how you do the fractional ownership in India and how is it being perceived and what do you do about the breakage? Well, across the world or probably even the Indian stock market is a classic example. What is a share or what is a fraction of a share is what stock market is, right? You're buying a fraction of a company is what the stock market is also all about. But across the world, this is a pretty evolved concept, especially from a CRE point of view. In the US, there are at least about 10, 15 companies operating upwards of a billion dollars in AUM each. The largest uh, owning close to about three, three and a half billion in AUM in just five years of the existence. So clearly, this is a market where there is a lot of investor interest uh, wanting to own and you know enjoy the capital appreciation etc this is very institutional as well at the same time the way this is being operated in india or across the world for that matter and what we are trying to institutionalize in india uh, so it's not a new thing in fact in us even a michael jordan sneakers today the antique one the memorabilia etc are also sold on uh, you know fractionally to people um, a Rolex watch of 1950s, etc., is also sold. There are companies like Riley Road, etc., which is uh, doing a phenomenal job uh, giving those also as an asset class opportunity. There are companies who sell jets as a fraction, uh, where you can own a private jet and you start enjoying the rent rents from what the jets are able to do. Arts, paintings, etc., right? That everything has a market because 
when things get expensive for one person to ideally put and becomes a very concentrated exposure in one thing is when the need of a fraction comes into it right example company right if imagine a company uh, being about a 1 lakh crore or whatever the valuations is then it becomes unaffordable for even a large private equity fund to come in and start owning uh, a percentage of that because it's too high right so hence fractioning it breaking it down offering it to retail is the only way one can scale and make it sustainable so across the world stock market is a classic example but real estate definitely requires uh for you to explore this business uh and you know try to create this kind of an opportunity so that is how it is now exit options etc you know that we have multiple exit options we have a resale platform through which one can exit we do an entire asset sale itself once we get the majority shareholders approval uh to sell the entire asset or the owners of the particular property so that way the control is in the hands of the investors on how they want to go about owning and selling or liquidating their assets whenever they want to but we are creating multiple liquidity options which ideally in a normal world if you are directly invested 50 crores it becomes a big challenge for you because first concentrated exposure second liquidating a 50 crore property in today's market yeah. is not a joke right because you know ultra hni today who have the cash also thinking should i park so much money into just one asset what if in case this market is not growing and my entire roi for that asset is stuck and etc etc so hence a lot of things differ and hence that's what you're trying to do where investors through a platform can diversify that yes there are 10 properties you can invest in uh you get to know all the properties all the details of the properties and you can start owning it accordingly but more importantly even if two tenants leave you're still making a sizable roi or if two of the properties are in a micro market where there's no growth happening any further the eight is still giving you a good return and doing it right so thumb rule of investing is diversification right when like i said if one's portfolio is 60 70% real estate probably 20% is equity and 10% is all the other asset classes gold everything put together mm. so when your 20% of your net worth is highly highly diversified across say an hdfc bank stock and sbi stock all these other stocks but in real estate uh there is uh, no such reason why anything like that uh, has been done before and why should not be done so that is what we're trying to solve yes accessibility diversification and liquidity options for investors so that is what you know it's solving a big problem uh, which exists in today's market in in today's market and especially in in this world uh, you know data has become uh, kind of pivotal in in making some of these decisions as well right um, what amount of data contributes to say uh, maybe picking a property uh is there enough data in india for for you to make suggestions uh right um and and how are you guys going about that well so we've got good partners with us uh where we are working with them where we have access to every sorts of data what one would require from a real estate point of view of all the sale and lease transactions etc as well uh so hence that's what uh, you know we have uh, partnered with them to give access to all the investors uh you know for them to get access to that data before they decide to invest so it's very important see real estate does not have an mrp unfortunately right but giving an mrp uh for real estate or at least closer to an mrp an mrp can be what have been the last sale transactions which have happened in this micro market or in this building Mm-hmm. Uh, for that matter is a good price point for you to evaluate and then take it forward right so so all that data access which we have and we are the only ones who have it uh, is is a big leap of 
trust what investors are also saying because you don't have to rely on you and I saying, you know, no price is 10,000, go ahead and buy it. We're like, yeah. no, the red shirt is 9,000 bucks, please go ahead and buy it at 9,000, probably 100, 200 bucks more. Basis, you really like the property, etc. So, a 5% deviation is still fine, but anything beyond that, you're ideally, uh, you know, overpaying for a particular property at the same time. So, that is the most important point to which investors need to So, that is available on our dashboard today, on our platform today. We give investors all the access to all the sale lease transactions happening in that micro market before they decide to invest. So, that builds a big amount of transparency. Uh, to them because they are aware of the fact that they have, are they buying at a discount are they buying at market price or are they paying a premium to acquire this property at the same time so so that is the biggest uh, point which we are trying to bring the partner uh, you know that you referred to uh, is that uh, prop stack i think they are partly a strategic investor as well uh, yeah can you tell a little bit about how that works that partnership and and why do they want a piece of your company well so so more than them, we wanted them to be on board uh, uh, with us, and uh, you know all the three founders at Propstack uh, and I, both of us, uh, you know, we had great synergies. We had clear ideas of how we want to do things, how we want. I mean, their their objective was to bring transparency into real estate, right? When they started mm-hmm. the whole uh, data business, what Propstack is building at this point of time, and you know our our synergies aligned because even that's what our intent has been. Uh, you know, people have been cheated. Uh, in real estate, uh, very proactively. Uh, at the same time, so by bringing that kind of transparency into the system, I think you can go a long way. Uh, you know, not ensuring your investors overpay for a particular property, or even if they are overpaying, they should be aware of why they are overpaying. That there should be a rational around it. And stuff like that. So that's when we felt that a lot of synergies where I requested, why don't you also be a part of our company and we can work collectively and scale this up uh, as an opportunity to investors in a big way. Uh, for that matters that um, we knew this is a big market untapped it is arguably um, the biggest uh, size of the market which is untapped like say for instance assets which uh, your large funds like uh, Blackstone, Ascendaz etc want to own are probably the 20% of the market the 80% of the market is driven only by HNIs and uh, developers uh, at the same time so that is that is the market which we are going after so if if billions of dollars has been poured by the large funds into that 20% market opportunity, imagine the kind of opportunity what the 80% has uh, for investors at the same time. So we compete with direct investing. When investors want to own an asset directly uh, versus owning through us is what we compete against, right? Where we tell people, hey, same risks which are associated to your investment if you had owned it directly. Uh, whether it's the market stagnancy or the tenant leaving are the same risks associated with us but at least good thing with us is that's our business and we keep proactively managing our assets identifying new tenants and keep ensuring that your property is always tenanted out again with the data that's also a very very important pointer uh, no point quoting unreasonable rents hearing what the market rents would be but knowing what the actual rents the market is paying or other tenants the building is paying helps you close deals faster uh, also as a matter of fact so this is what is our biggest plus point we feel and uh, something which we can uh, scale it up as we move forward so are you saying that because you have the advantage of data uh, that it's better for uh, investors who have maybe smaller commercial real estate you know they have these small shops that purchase in maybe in uh, ambattur or avadi or whatever to to liquidate and rather invest in startup prop, uh, properties 
See, simple, right? We are going after grade A assets with grade A clients. So these are yeah. big corporates and big buildings, big premium buildings. Like let's say uh, in Chennai, uh, you know, Nongumbakamai Road, premium buildings in Nongumbakamai Road, or, or probably on Gindi where Olympe Tech Park and all these big uh, tech parks are available over there, etc. Now the kind of tenants are not going to be your smaller tenants. Uh, these are going to yeah. be large MNCs or companies who are wanting to occupy 50-50,000 one lakh square feet of office spaces. Also at the same time, so. It's your choice. Who do you want your rents from? You want it from some sh- small shop uh, yeah. where they might come and probably <laughs> give you cash at rent, or you want something which is more binding documents, binding agreements with uh, large organizations who mm. believe in corporate governance, ensure they pay you promptly at the same time, and those are properties and those are locations which are always going to be high in demand no matter what. Right. So, so clearly, uh, we we tell people definitely worth liquidating all your smaller assets okay. and put in premium assets premium obviously gets you premium tenants and premium prices also at the same time it's also about the comfort right where uh, no investor would be like yeah, yeah i have some sv enterprises as my tenant versus him, him telling i have uh, royal bank of scotland as my tenant right so so clearly people's perception about the kind of property you own the kind of bank balance you prob- probably have etc completely changes from an sv enterprises to an uh, royal bank of scotland kind of a territory right so, so there are pros and cons for every kind of uh, opportunity uh, you know investors we we tell them only one thing stop buying residential apartments from an investment point of view right. it is it is just pouring money into uh, down the drain more or less because appreciation is not happening in residential anymore it's an end use market it's no longer an investor market there was a time mm. where residential used to give those phenomenal returns it's no longer uh that opportunity uh for now so hence yeah that's clearly uh why we feel we have a bigger opportunity um no i i think it's spot on i mean that i think that seems to be the more contemporary wisdom right uh of, of not if you don't have the money to put aside then why put it in a residential uh, uh business uh, rather a property from a, just kind of going a step back uh, to the fractional ownership piece uh why aren't there more businesses uh, like startup prop doing fractional ownership uh, is this because of legal challenges uh, or is it uh, is it not under law is it allowed uh, how are you navigating that so so today we are uh, in a gray area where there are no laws idly existing but the 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 closest law which we have and we are complying with that uh so that is what it is i mean we are in the business what flipkart was in 2008 when there were no aggregator laws laws came only in 2014 six years after they were existing and they're still being evolved the laws are still evolving uh, evolving for <laughs> aggregator yeah. exactly like e pharmacy uh, there are no laws even existing now there are companies built uh, companies sold like how netmeds is acquired by jio uh, and company yeah. shut down as well, uh, you know and laws are still unmade so so the thing is at least that's what you know our advisors and everyone like that if there are no laws exactly for your business although this is a fairly regulated space across the world uh, in us uk by singapore australian markets etc uh, but if it's not there as a clear thing uh, you know follow the closest uh, law and ensure you comply with that and try going to regulators or uh, regulatory bodies and say hey why don't you start regulating our business this is what we okay. do and that's what we're doing uh proactively so yeah 
So you are taking a proactive approach to go and actually get laws written so that you're on the right side of law. Uh, wouldn't this mean uh, you're inviting competition as well because you're making it a free for all in a way because you've done the hard work and which is what happened with Uber and all these guys as well, right? Because they lobbied, they got all the things sorted out, and of course, uh, Uber was already a behemoth, so it's very hard to compete. Uh, but you know, in a space like real estate. Uh, every second guy you probably know is a broker of some sort, and right? you're like, "Hey, I I can go and do this." Uh, right? So, so the business looks easy, uh, Varun. It's not as easy as it looks. People like, "Ha, property, lena hai." You have to sell it to 100 investors and do it. Uh, that's yeah. the that's the one percent of the business which we do. Uh, 99% is managing the asset, uh, bringing a lot of technology at the same time. Uh, continuously managing your asset with respect to lease management, tenant relationships, etc. Looks easy uh, for people, but it is not. Uh, and there are hundred investors. Uh, you know, hundred people think differently. Uh, solving and servicing everybody with all the transparency, with all that data and understanding is also a big challenge. So, might be easy uh, for people, but again, uh, I think there's always, always the first more advantage. So, if you are able to build that uh, brand. Uh, which is doing things. I think the whole uh, industry of the world aspires you to grow more than anybody else also at the same time. So clearly Uber was lobbying. It's still Uber's Uber today, right? Uh, there's nobody else who's there. And in India, Ola was lobbying. Ola's, Ola's number one at the same time. And there are only two players who will survive. So competitions will keep coming, but survival is always of the ones who are doing something uh, perfectly fine with a clear intent that customer service and for us, investor wealth is of paramount importance. So we do not want to overpay for a property, etc., etc. at the same time. So we are creating modes for ourselves with the kind of technology we are building, with the kind of partnerships we are building at the same time, which will ensure that even if competition creeps in, we honestly don't see ourselves having a dent in our business. And real estate is too big a asset class, Varun. I mean, embassy is embassy in Bangalore. Still, probably owns only about two percent of the office market of Bangalore, or probably a little more, right? There's Brigade, there's Prestige, there's everybody else, right? And everyone's doing a normal business, and everyone's very happy with their own piece, right? And this is just Bangalore, right? You go to Gurgaon, you have DLF, Vatika, I don't know how many other developers, all doing a normal business. Likewise, Mumbai, Bangalore, Hyderabad, etc., right? So, so even if there are ten competitions, like how it is that the US, I think everyone can do two, three billion dollars of AUMs in no time. So how do you execute something like this? So do you create like a special purpose vehicle and then kind of split it up and then treat it uh, as, as a fractional ownership of that for every property that you then have? Correct. Uh, so we follow the institutional way of doing. Uh, so large private equity funds, everybody floats SPVs to acquire properties yeah, at the yeah. same time. So we just tell our people instead of going and putting money in a private equity fund, we are directly getting you ownership <laughs> in the asset holding company, which mm-hmm. is going to eventually own the asset. Uh, so that is what we do. Uh, we float SPVs for every properties and investors own the SPVs. So, so it basically limits the risk to that property, and it's not no com- not as complicated as it as it probably sounds. Interesting, you said you know you're looking at creating wealth, uh, right? And anything else for your investors. Now, if you look at uh, a typical real estate deal, the reason why an investor uh, puts that money in there is for two reasons, right? One, you can show that as uh, say home loan amount, uh, you know, in your tax forms, you could do, uh, you know, long-term capital gains, 
uh, you can take that money and then put into a new property and then pay stamp duty in another place and then again uh, there are a lot of these uh, rules in which you can uh, increase your wealth by doing these transactions right uh, but in an spv scenario you wouldn't get all those benefits right um, is there is there sufficient reason to take the trade off well see i mean you get uh, you don't get best of both the worlds uh, at any point of time so you might as well get an opportunity to first win but yes we are building uh, different opportunities right now where we are working with qnbfcs and banks to create a loan product around it so that investors can start leveraging this as well and start generating yeah. better returns again so everything cannot be done on day one uh, we build products uh, basis what the thing is and even for any banker or any nbfc they should feel that there is there is size uh, to this opportunity uh, right. rather than just uh you know one two deals you've done it great but i can't build a product just for those one two deals right so so it takes time and these are large organizations institutions who don't who are not as agile and nimble as how a startup would be and that's when we eat up their business right otherwise they would have they could have been where they are uh yeah. eaten us up you know overnight as a matter of fact so so yeah so there are a lot all these perks which are there in things we are building it slow and steadily and there will be opportunities which investors can make but um you know to that point is uh, uh i think specifically you know just uh leveraging any capital gains uh, that you make in a in a typical real estate deal uh as far as i, I have not sold any property so i don't have too much of knowledge um uh, but uh, as i understand is that if you invest whatever proceeds of that property into a new property you would not have to pay capital gains well warrant right? that's only for residential uh that's not for commercial anyway hmm. so so then the trade off is not then commercial and and will happen in in other scenarios what you say correct okay or if it's a piece of land right okay. uh, so, so commercial you can't take those benefits anyway understood uh what's what's the future here what's your target for uh you know hitting uh, uh reason why mayfield and site partners have kind of invested in you what is the big vision you sold to them so so uh, honestly the idea is to be a billion dollar aum company in the next 3 uh, to 4 years itself and it is easily doable it's not that it's not uh, that's when we're building the tech and building a team now for the future uh, today we are managing only about 195 196 crores in aum at this point of time very close to 200 crores uh, but we're very confident that by march we'll be at 500 to 500 crores itself or 12 months from uh, from today we'll be sitting at 1000 crores in aum so that's what you know we're doing we've learned we're codifying the entire learnings uh, into tech processes so that we can scale up across different cities today we are only in bangalore uh, we want to scale up across different cities uh, one after the other codify keep learning from those experiences and keep scaling up so yes uh, 6000 7000 crore aum in the next 5 years is what our vision is that's a uh, pretty massive man i i know you're a lawyer by training uh, and you know we went to the same college for bcom you've obviously done better in life than i have uh, being a lawyer uh, um so so your is your uh, co-founder priyanka also uh, a lawyer um and, and what's the so, partnership like so like i said right so she's the finance person uh, she's the actual numbers lady i do the structuring piece uh, the legality check etc i think it's very very important especially if you're coming from a real estate point of view to verify small small things it you know people miss out and it's very important for you to check all those things so that's when i come in 
uh, priyanka is the number lady she knows the evaluation of every opportunity on how to go about it uh, is it the right price that which you are buying etc so she understands those parameters then the partnership was great uh, i also come from a little warehousing background uh, as a part of family business so i understand warehousing sector uh, clearly or how good it is and how good from a long term uh stability and regular rental income nothing beats the warehousing business also at the same time so so that is where i came she came we felt there's a clear synergies where both of us can work together and uh, drive the business uh, proactively although a lot of things have changed uh, we built teams uh, who are doing proactively a lot of things uh, and she's handling the entire operations and i'm leading business uh, kind fantastic what's uh, your team looking like are you looking to hire people um, you know to get your billion dollar aum well see uh we would need team but i think there's a lot of things what technology can solve for where you don't need human intervention beyond a point so uh we don't see ourselves being a team uh like the large organizations 100 500 1000 people kind of an organization yeah. i think we can leverage good amount of technology which we've already started building uh, like i said for the future uh, we'll be we are team of 30 right now we might probably be a team of another 30 40 at the max uh, pan india uh, to manage our billion dollars in aum so it's not a business which uh, or if you effectively build technology you don't need to build armies uh, and that's what technology can help you save those costs cool man uh, you know if you are hiring uh, you know i'll i'll leave the careers uh, email with our podcast uh, but uh, Sirsh, and great to see the success of uh, Strata. I know it's uh, you're coming up with your uh, new property in a couple of weeks now. Uh, is that already pre-booked or uh, it's yet to go live? No, no. So, so there's nothing called as pre-booking or whatever. Uh, we go live so that investors can make the most of uh, the deal. But yes, uh, now that investors have understood what we do, they've been getting their rents on a month-on-month basis. Uh, we are seeing the word of mouth uh, being our biggest strength. They like the fact that what we're trying to do never before has been done in real estate mm. as a matter of fact so that's when you know that is biggest success story is when your investors become your brand ambassadors uh, yeah. for yourself and that's when you keep growing up bigger and bigger uh, so, so there's nothing called as pre booking but real estate but our last asset uh, got funded in 7 days uh, you know 4 days we got a 100% commitment 7th day we had entire money in fact we were oversubscribed uh by almost yeah. two and a half times of the entire property so it was a 26 crore asset but we got commitments of more than 60 crores uh for that asset so clearly people who understood want to make the most of it and we got one of the most lucrative opportunities too so hence from that parameter uh you know we were very uh, keen uh and we keep telling investors if you want to understand our business please call us before the asset is listed once right. the asset is listed you ask us only questions related yeah, to right. the asset because others have already understood what we do how we do it uh, we have 600 investors today who have invested on our platform so they know and their friends know what we do how we do it because uh, they have probably shown them etc etc and any asset you know if it's a, a 50 crore asset you know at the max we'll be requiring like 125 140 investors so so clearly the the supply would be less the demand is more so people make decisions faster uh, is what i request people to do what what's your business model here typically is just a cut you get couple of percentage points uh, over so our business is very clear we just charge a percentage of management fee every year and then we take a performance fee if you make an appreciation alone of properties year on year uh, at 8% hurdle rate imagine you invested a crore you are exiting at 1 crore 50 lakhs 
uh, only appreciation not the rentals mm. uh, you know from a compounding point of view you should make about 1 crore 45 or 46 lakh odd so for that 4 5 lakhs which you made over and above that we take a 20% of that so which is about 80000 bucks and something so clearly until you don't make money we don't make money uh, that is the clear idea this is the biggest shift which we are bring uh, bringing on varun uh, especially when you look at private equity funds and yeah. several other companies the way they operate is they charge you 20% at any returns you make over and above 8% that is including rent so clearly these guys are ripping you off and charging okay. you those high fees again clearly that's the business model which you are buying into but we felt that when it's your money your risk everything why can I, how can i take the rewards if i'm not able to generate returns for you 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 pretty much brought in the the vc thought process right this is this sounds like a syndicate to me right uh, where directly you're taking a bunch of investors into a deal but exactly the same way the deal happens uh, the payback also works in a similar way and this sounds like an angelist syndicate in real estate more or less that's what we're building fantastic uh hey dash sudarshan uh, congrats on the success uh you know thanks for coming on the program pleasure thank you so much okay and that brings us to the end of this episode of stars and startups don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it uh, and please please share the podcast with your friends and whoever you think may enjoy stars and startups and listening to the doers from the indian startup ecosystem it i would really appreciate it if you can leave a feedback if you're listening to this on itunes uh, and of course um, you know if you're listening to any other channel uh, do comment like share uh, and subscribe okay i will see you on the next episode